Hey guys, how are you? Welcome to another episode of Your Next Stop. I'm excited about this next person because again, they have followed a passion and turned it into a business. And everyone that listens knows that I've either find people through Clubhouse, LinkedIn, or it's someone else I've interviewed and you know it's, it's through other people. And this actually, Jasmine Navarro was a LinkedIn connection. So I cannot wait for her to jump in, share her story and inspire you guys. So welcome, Jasmine. How are you? Hi, Juliet. Um, Thank you so much for inviting me to come on your podcast. Really happy to be here. Welcome to Your Next Stop. This is Juliet Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to Your Next Stop. Yes, I'm excited. Okay, so I just want you to dive in. Like, where did you start? You know, did you go to university? What did you like as a kid? All that kind of stuff that kind of formed who you are and that helped you build this business. Um, I think so. My mom's British, my dad's from Venezuela. So I always had this, um, I grew up in England and I always had this thing that I wanted to explore the world. I don't know if it was because my dad was from Venezuela. So, you know, I'd always visit there and everything like that. So I always wanted to travel. And when I was 18, I had a traumatic experience. Somebody died close to me and I found out in the newspaper and it was just horrendous. So I got really depressed. And for me, I just thought I have to get away. You know, I have to leave England. I was grieving and it was so bad. I didn't know how to, you know, I just didn't know what to do. And in our family, you know, my mom is amazing, but we never really spoke about anything. We didn't express emotion. So dealing with this grief, I didn't have any tools or anything. So I just left, I became a teacher. Where did you go when you were 18? So you left England. The first country, well, I actually went to Venezuela first. You did. Okay. And, and I'm not to bring up any bad, but I, you know, no, I know my okay. listeners, my listeners are like, okay, well, what is that? You know, who passed and why did you find out in the newspaper? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, actually, it was my stepdad. Um, oh. And I was really close to him. And he and my mom weren't together anymore. Um, and that, and I just went to my friends one day and um, she just casually said, oh, did you know that he's died? I mean, she literally said it like, do you want a cup of tea? Like it oh, was that gosh. casual. So I was just like, what? You know, and I just remember my whole body. I mean, I'll never forget that feeling. It just went into complete, well, I just was in complete shock. Yeah. Did your mom know about it and she just didn't talk about it? No, no, no. So then I went home and I told her, so she got the newspaper straight away and she said, yeah, and he's not coming back. And I think she didn't know how to deal with it herself. Right. So that was it. There was no more conversation about it. And I was just like, what? And everybody was acting normal. Of course, people were just getting on with their lives. And I was just like, but you know, like this massive thing has just happened and I just couldn't understand. Yeah. Right. And was that like the first traumatic thing that happened to you? Well, I had a little bit of trauma when I was 14 as well, like a shock. But this was like, I mean, my whole body. I mean, I will never forget that feeling. Right. Especially if you were close, you know, with him. Oh, yeah. I was so close because because he wasn't my dad and he came into my life. I think we built up a real deep connection and a bond. And, you know, right. So it was horrendous. It was horrendous. And I just couldn't understand. And I got depressed and everyone was like, well, what's wrong with you? I just 
And so I couldn't say why, because I thought, well, if people don't know it's that, then maybe I don't deserve to feel that. So I shouldn't be feeling that. So I had, you know, I was looking for validation maybe. And so it was just awful. I was like, nobody understands me. I'm grieving. Well, I didn't know I was grieving. I didn't know what was happening because nobody else knew. And and when you're 18, right. And you're 18, it's like a, it's, it is a coming of age where you feel like you're past your teen years, obviously, but then all all of a sudden you're having these emotions. So that had to be really, really hard. So. Oh no, it's horrendous. So you picked up, and I'm sorry about that because that's that's like really no, no, no way no, anyone no, should no. hear. You know, no, it's a long time ago now. But um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, eventually, so I was, so I didn't know what to do. I had to get. I did go to Venezuela, but but that wasn't really a long time. So, but I wasn't sure what to do, and I knew I just wanted to get away. I just had to get out of this situation. I felt like it was very dysfunctional. I think I followed my instinct. My instinct was just go, just go somewhere away from here. And I do think it was a really good thing that I did that. And I trained as a teacher and I, the first country I worked in was Turkey. So I just went off to Turkey and I think, I think I ended up in Turkey. It must've been about five or six years later. So it was always a back and forth being depressed, not depressed. And then I finally went to Turkey when I was feeling okay. I was just in and out of depression for about eight years. Yeah. And that's when I realized why I was depressed or I actually admitted it to myself. Um, I think seeing other people, being around other people, I was like, oh my God, that's why. Because my dad died. And grief is a real, I mean, people don't give enough like, like they don't talk about grief enough. And I really think in our society, and especially if you're in, in England, you know, I do know a little bit about the Brits and you guys are very closed off, right? You don't yeah. like to talk, you know, yes. Americans, we talk about it, but you always think of different nationalities and I don't like to group people in, but I grew up Irish and Italian and my mom, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, my mom is Irish and Italian and my dad is English, Welsh and, um, you know, Americans. But so we always, we're always around my mom's half the, the Italians and Italians are very, you know, they, they, they talk about their emotions. They're very, I mean, they really just feel. And I remember growing up my mom, cause my grandfather was all Irish and my grandmother was all Italian. And I remember my mom saying, you know, my, my grandfather didn't talk. There were seven of them. And she's like, I didn't want you guys to ever go through. I wanted uh, like, to be able to communicate with you and talk about your feelings because they were in the military. So it was like very like, this is what you need to do. And the Irish are typically ones that don't like to express themselves either. Right. So my mom would say she would go to funerals on the Irish side and everyone would just kind of, you know, sit and and no, no tears. It was just very, you know, somber. And then you would go in an Italian funeral. She's like, and she would have aunts and cousins throwing themselves at the casket, like screaming and hysterical. And as a kid, she said it was just so, and no one really talked about, okay, well, that's because they are expressing their feelings, you know, because my grandmother really didn't like express it. And I remember my mom very deeply saying, I didn't want you guys to be raised that way. I wanted you to be able to express your feelings and talk about, okay, this emotion's happening instead of you having to go out in the world and feeling it. So I really am thankful that my mom did that. And she kind of broke that, um, you know, generational not speaking. So you kind of figured it out yourself. Like this is grief. Oh, and grief is really traumatic. I mean, and grief really can take you down to your legs and you don't understand it, especially as you know, a kid. I mean, you're 18 years old. No, it was horrendous. The whole thing was horrendous. But I just so, you know, I just, I I was teaching in Turkey. 
And I think that gave me just a whole new perspective and I was out of the situation. So it was really good for a number of reasons. And then I, w- I would stay in one country for about a year, year and a half. You know, then I went to Switzerland. I was teaching there. I ended up working in 11 countries, teaching, living and teaching in 11 countries, minimum for like a year. Difficult places, though, I have to say. And I, and I studied, I went to university. I did, um, I studied university online while I was in Morocco, actually, um, well, for five years. It took me five years to do, a, to do my degree. Yeah, and, I, and then finally I went to Dubai. And, um, and that's when I, I think, I don't know if it was the timing after 17 years of this or it was Dubai that I finally felt relaxed. I don't know, I think it was a combination. And that's when I looked back on my life and, then, and I was just like, oh, my God. 11 years, no, no, 17 years, 11 countries. I do not want to do this anymore. Like I was exhausted. Right, I'm sure. And now what were you, and you were, you were kind of running, right? You were running from your emotions, trying to find something to kind of fill it. Kind of, yeah, I think so. Yeah, there was a part of running, but in the end, it was just my way of life, going to another country because and a lot right. of teachers would do that. So maybe they were running as well. Who knows? <laughs> it just became my, that was normal for me, you know? But it was just so exhausting. Yeah. Right. What did you teach? I was teaching English language, business, exams, prep, exam prep, you know, all things like that, primary, secondary, adults. Right. Um, so I came to Dubai and I was just like, no, I can't do this anymore. So I was like, what can I do then? And, you know, I've been teaching for, I don't know, 17 years. I was like, how am I going to change my career now? And I, it was really strange. You know, well, sometimes you ask for things and then things just appear. And I just kept meeting co-active coaches. I met like five co-active coaches in the space of a month or something. And I was like, maybe this is something. So I did, I thought I'd do some training just for me to be coached, not to become a coach, but to be coached myself. So I did one training and then I was like, wow. And it was so difficult for me. I was so anxious because it was the first time I think I was really being seen and heard. And I was like really out of my comfort zone, but I knew I had to do this. So I was like, okay, I'm going to finish this. So I, I finished all of the training. And then at the end, I was like, this is what I need to do. So I got certified. And then I started coaching adults. Uh, and then while I was doing that, I suddenly thought, I need to coach teenagers. Because, well, you know, you end up coaching your past self. So I was like, if I'd have had these tools and techniques when I was a teenager, my life probably would have been a lot easier, you know. Right. Basic tools and techniques. So then I started coaching teenagers and young adults and then giving workshops to schools and universities. That's what I'm doing now, teaching them tools and techniques. I've got like a program. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, maybe that's why I did all that teaching for so long. Because I always thought, why did I teach for so long? And now I think, well, maybe it was to help me plan the workshops for the schools and universities. You know, it's helped me. Now I can just plan a workshop so easily because it's like planning a lesson, you know. Right, 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 right. It's like everything happens for a reason. It really does. And I always, and I, you touched on something right there where you're like, you know, I don't know if it was my path, but I really do believe whether you believe in God or you believe in the universe, that yeah, there is a path for you. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so your life kind of unfolds in ways that are sending you to be doing what you're doing. And some people find it very early. Others find it a little bit later. And there and there's nothing wrong with how your path is. But I always say to people, when you have something that you're passionate about, you have to follow it, right? There's so many people that I've I talk to that, you know, I oh, I was always wanted to write a book and they have an amazing story. And I'm like, well, why didn't you write that book or why don't you write that book? And it's always 
oh, well, who's going to want to listen to my story or who wants to, you know, and it's just, if you have something, you really should listen to yourself and then go for it. So that's something that you did. And it kind of just the teaching, that's a hundred percent why you, you went through all that you did, right? Because now you're helping people not repeat what you did. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So there is a reason and they say, don't they, your pain is your power. So yeah, so that's what I'm doing now. Yeah. I'm just, uh, and my mission is to give the youth a voice. Stay tuned for a quick message from my sponsor. Hi, my name is Shari Hodes, and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all-women-owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion-forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. So can you tell me a little bit about, so, okay, so you, you stopped, you were in Dubai, and you were like, I can't do this. You did some training with other coaches. Was there any... Um, specific part of coaching that you were working with someone? Was it uh, mindset? Was it business? Or was it all kind of combined? It was all combined, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean when I was doing the training? Yeah, when you when you were working with coaches? Yeah, well, yeah, it was trainers. Yeah, yeah. It was all of basically, well, it was me being completely coached myself, you know, right to the, you know, going back to, you know, your limiting beliefs, being conscious, really. That's what was so empowering. Yeah. And I think that's something that's so important that you just also touched on because, you know, people think they think of therapy and coaching, right? So some people think, oh, I don't want to go to a therapist because that's like saying there's something wrong with me. And coaching is a little bit more safe, right? You feel like, oh, I found a coach that can maybe help me a little bit here. That's so interesting. And so I always say to people, like, I mean, therapy is wonderful. I mean, people, you know, everyone needs oh, a little bit yeah, of coaching or definitely. therapy, you know, in yes, their lives. Yeah. And, um, you know, some need it a little bit more than others. And it's more of a safe place. And, you know, coaching kind of has been around for many years, but didn't have the title of, of coach, right? There wasn't like the title exactly. of coach. Yeah. It was consulting and it was all these different things. And so for the fact that you're doing something, and I want you to dive more into what you do with teens and all of that, but that is, you know, a teenager's it's not going to say, I think I need to see a therapist. I mean, I think things have changed as, you know, as the world has evolved. I do feel like there's, it's more of a natural, normal thing. But, you know, back when I was growing up, if you saw a therapist, it's because you were, you know, you were screwed up somehow, right? That That's what you were told. You were screwed up somewhere. You need someone to help and fix you where it's really not. It's really just talking to someone and getting tools to kind of live life. And so when coaching came you know, evolved. I think that's what's really important is because it gave it more of a safe space for people. They're like, oh, I can talk to a coach and kind of get the same thing. And and, and not the same thing, because please, I know therapists and they would be like, oh my gosh, I went to school for how many years and not putting it down, but it's just a different tool. And that's one of the things I talk about all the time is we all have things that we should be doing in life and not everyone has the tools to be able to do it. But if you're in a space like yourself or or I'm in a space like mine where I can elevate people and give their story a little bit more legs, get it out to more people, I need to do that, right? That's my, that's what my passion is. That's what I am. My God's purpose is, is to really give a platform for people like yourself to be able to share their story, to be able to help one, two, ten thousands, you know, how many people, but it is a really important thing. And it's about sharpening your tool in your toolbox. 
right? It's about finding your path and everyone kind of needs a little, a little direction. And so if you can tell us a little bit about what you're doing and where, and where you're living now, I would love to hear about that too. And what you're doing with the teens and the, and the workshops and stuff. At the moment I'm in the UK. Yeah. So, so basically, yeah, it's all about, um, I think, yeah, you know, like as in coaching, listening is just so, so important. And it's funny because when I give my workshops, you know, whatever workshop I'm giving, whatever I'm teaching, it's always the same. At the end, they always say, thank you so much for listening. Just letting them be seen, be heard, um, giving them a voice. And I just think that is just so powerful because, you know, so many, I guess, parents, teachers, they just think that they need to fix, um, like you mentioned as well about fixing. And it's not, it's like, we, whether we're a teenager, an adult, whoever we are, we just need somebody maybe to listen, to hold the space for us so we can figure out the whatever it is ourselves. And that's just so powerful, isn't it? Because, you know, we don't want, nobody wants to be told what to do. And, you know, if I told, told you, tell you what to do, I mean, that's just what I think, you know, you need to, yeah, figure out what you need to do. So I think that is just so powerful, just giving them the space. I mean, that just changes everything. And, and, you know, I've, I've worked with a lot of teams, you know, one-to-one and I always say, you know, how do you want to be coached? You know, what, what's important, you know, how we how I coach you in the sessions. And they always say, please don't force me to say anything. I don't want to be forced. I just want to be myself. I mean, it's just simple things and, right. and stories that they tell me that they had other experiences, you know, where just being forced, being told what to think, told what to do, you know, we just want the space to figure it out ourselves but I do teach it's a lot about creativity as well you know expressing themselves through creativity because again you know some of my clients or even when I do workshops you know they don't want to talk maybe they want to write or maybe they want to draw or paint or dance you know we all have our ways and so it's about experimenting there's a lot of experimenting exploring to find out what works for them because I don't know everything. I'm just helping them by brainstorming and showing them, you know, what's possible. But at the end of the day, they have to do it. They have to experience it and they have to know it's not me. You know, I can guide them, but that's all we do as coaches, you know. So, and I just think, yeah, that, and that's what's been so powerful. And I do plan the workshops, but of course it's very, um, it depends on, you know, what they're saying, you know, it's all about being very present and reacting to what's happening in, in the room, you know. I guess like as a teacher as well, it's, it's very similar in that way. Obviously it's different because teaching, you are teaching them something and telling them what to do, whereas coaching is coming from them. So yeah, it's, you know, we do a lot about, um, you know, self-image, body image, especially now, you know, there's lots of eating disorders, especially in the UK. I don't know about other parts of the world, but here it's very um, right. common since COVID. Yeah, so, you know, and I just think there's so many things we can prevent Maybe not everything. I'm not a therapist, but I just think, you know, especially with COVID, the teens being very lonely, isolated. And I know even, you know, adults, when you're on your own for too long, you know, things can get really dark, I would say. Yeah, it's never good. Well, so I love that you found that space. So like during COVID, did did things shift for you? So did you start this business before? I think you started it before COVID, right? But then it evolved during COVID? It was kind of at the same time, really. Well, yeah, it was a bit before, but kind of at the same time. Yeah, so I was coaching a little bit face-to-face, but and then it was just all online anyway. So, um, so yeah, most of the workshops I gave um, this year, was, yeah, it was all online. 
Right. But that's, I mean, for, but sometimes, and I know I've talked to the, you know, many people about this. Sometimes that gives people a little bit more of a comfortable space as they're like, okay, they can still stay behind. And so I'm curious, did you see your clientele really grow in a different way because of COVID? Or did you find that it was hindered? I think it did grow, actually. I think you're right. It did grow. It did grow. But I was coaching teens, one-to-one one teen. I was coaching one-to-one, you know, singles. It was one-to-one. Right. That didn't really change because I was in Dubai and there wasn't really a lockdown. There was for three weeks, but it wasn't like the rest of the world. I probably wouldn't right. have done that if I was in the UK. But in Dubai, it was okay as long as you were social distancing and everything. And it was funny because a lot, a lot of the parents didn't want me to coach their teens online. They didn't want it. They wanted it to be face-to-face because they wanted that. Well, there's that connection in the community. I mean, I know, you know, that the, um, you know, the suicide rate went up, you know, with such the young kids and it's just so sad during COVID. I mean, it really affected. And I don't think, uh, I know here in the United States, I don't feel like it was really addressed and people didn't really talk about it. It was like, you would hear, oh, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awful. Like one school had like seven freshmen that, that committed suicide because they were, you know, just sitting in their dorm rooms by yeah, themselves yeah, yeah, learning. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how quickly you can sink if you're left alone with your thoughts. And yeah, it's, it's you know, I had friends after a few months, they were depressed and it was like, wow, you know, it, especially if you're a teenager and the social media, you know, comparing themselves on social media. I mean, there was just so many things, or there is so many things. There are so many things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then for them to be like left alone, right. I mean, that's, it's a really, it's, it's a really tough time. So I love that you found this really before, you know, I mean, you fell into it because of your life story, right? your, your life story helped shape you figure out, okay, this is what I want to do. And these are who I want to help. And then really during COVID, that was such a, a group of people that really needed direction and help. Because as you said, being alone with your thoughts. I mean, when you're a teen, we all as as normal as any of us are. I mean, I'm, I find myself pretty level-headed and, and adjusted. But I think back to my, some of my teen years and I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. If I was, you know, we all go through that and you have to go through that to yeah, grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just think yeah, the important thing is having that conversation, you know, and I think that's where parents can come in, you know, and not about being perfect. Like it's okay to cry, to have the conversation, not feel very good, you know, just having these conversations, because if you start feeling like you're the only one who's feeling a bit down, then that can just spiral, you know, right. So it is about having these real conversations. And it can just be a conversation, which I think can change everything. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I love what you're doing. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. Uh, where can you find me? Yeah, with nava.com is my website. I was gonna say, can you spell that? <laughs> uh, oh, with so W I T H N A V A. That's Perfect. my Instagram as well. Yeah. And my name uh, for LinkedIn. And do you have anything coming up that you want to share with anyone or they can just, you can have ongoing stuff? Well, I've got my podcast, which is always out. And that's where I interview 18 to 24 year olds um, who share their challenging stories, teen stories. And I'm actually going to do, I'm working on a membership now for teens and the parents because I feel like the parents need support, could benefit from support and teens could benefit from learning these tools and techniques. So I'm kind of combining it together and making a membership. So watch this space. (laughs) Right. I love that. Now, what is your podcast name? Is it uh, with Nava? No, the Foghorn podcast. Oh, I love that. Believe it or not. Yeah. (laughs) And how long ago did you start that? 
Uh, I started last year. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Jasmine, thank you so much for being here. And you guys, you know what to do if you like what you heard. Rate, review, and subscribe. Go over to Jasmine's podcast as well. Say it again, Jasmine. The Foghorn Podcast. <laughs> the Foghorn Podcast. Go over to any of her uh, you know, podcast players where you love to listen to your podcast and go rate, review, and subscribe. And you might be listening to this episode thinking, oh, I don't have anyone that this could affect. But you don't know. What about your neighbor? What about your sister, your cousin? They might have a teen that is struggling right now that actually needs support. And you know where to find them. So definitely go check out Jasmine's stuff. And Jasmine, thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much, Juliet. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure to meet you. Yes, you too. So you guys, you know my new schedule. Monday is your next stop episodes. And Thursday is the new schedule where I do my YNS Live. Not Lioness, but YNS Live, where the live episodes, you can find all that information on IamJulietHan.com or any of my social medias. We will see you guys next week. Thanks again. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 